Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show. I am the one and only Dave Fremlin, and you are listening to me. Yay! So, I wanted to let you know why there hasn't been a podcast for over a week. And um, there's two reasons for that. The first reason is after my father had his funeral, which was, uh, I guess, about two weeks ago, um, I just didn't feel like... I just, some things have been happening in my morning and the morning schedule has been off kilter and that off kilterness has made it difficult for me to sit down for a half hour and do a podcast so that's thing one and then a few days ago my computer uh started to act up and i thought i'll bring it in to get it looked at and in the process i found out that there was some serious things going on and it was going to be time to replace the you are listening to the dave fremlin show to share with anyone who's interested out there. Um, it takes a so, super uh, duper long time yeah. to Yay. boot it up. Um, and so I, anyways, and now tonight I'm going to not give you some information. Yay. A doctor. Um, which I forgot what it is. You are listening to the Dave Fremlin Show. Yay. I guess Welcome. we'll see what happens, right? Computer. And I sort of freaked out. And I asked the computer man if he could just change my hard drive into a new computer so that everything would be like like it was. And luckily, I was able to do that. So right now, I'm using a computer that is an exact clone of my computer, but it's not my computer, but has my hard drive and my processor in it. And so that's fine with me. And on today's podcast, I have a lot of topics I want to touch on. And I don't know how it's going to go. This is already my take two. Oh, by the way, today is February 3rd, and it's a beautiful day in Central Florida at quarter to one. And um, so, yeah, I want to talk about, you know, I was at, I was at the uh, gym yesterday, and they have this stupid nature channel thing on. I don't know how it's supposed to inspire working out, but on the TV there, they have this thing on the nature channel. And I was watching two butterflies create a family of butterflies, if you know what I mean. And I realized they were showing how these butterflies mate. And, you know, I was at the Disney World Animal Kingdom a few days ago. And they had some information about how certain types of animals mate. And I don't want to get into a whole discussion about, like, mating. That's not really the topic. But I did want to point out that in the Animal Kingdom... If you take a good look at the way that animals mate, you know what you're going to find? <laughs> you're going to find that most procreation is done through extreme violence and rape, what I would consider rape, because forcible copulation between the male and the female. In humans, interestingly, it's called rape. If a man forces himself on a woman and then she ends up pregnant and getting a baby, that would be a serious crime in the in the world of nature and even to the thing as slight as a butterfly the male attacks the female gets her where she can't fly drags her to the ground copulates with her drags her up to the top of a tree glues her with his materials to the tree so she can't move impregnates her and she's stuck there till the eggs are laid you know so 
interesting. And, you know, that's just one little insect. And I have literally thought about this for a couple of days now. And it has occurred to me that I think about 90% of reproduction in the animal kingdom of Earth is done through forced copulation and rape, uh, forcible. Uh, the woman is, the female is never, uh, it doesn't always seem that good for the female. And uh, in some species, they die doing it. And so, you know, all these controversies that surround, you know, I think that lately males have been picked on a lot because of women have decided that anytime a guy hits on her it's like it's this horrible attack and i want people to take a good look at the animal kingdom and you'll see that most animals the male forces himself on the female and she does not consent and i'm not saying that men in the in the human kingdom should go out and force themselves on women i just think people need to reassess the level the level of aggressiveness that is considered um, or the level of assertion, let's say, that is considered aggression because I think it's gotten to the point now where just men are just, just you're going to lose men, I'm telling you. So, um, and in the gay world, let me tell you something. I don't think that the, I don't think there is such a thing as too much aggression so anyways, I'm just going to leave that at that. I don't want a controversy. I go, oh, let me give you my disclaimer now. I speak from the things that I experience, the things that I have experienced through others that are close to me and around me and through things that I absorb through education, through materials, through uh, information, outposts, and things of that nature. I am not a quote-unquote expert as far as I'm not certified by any government agency to dispense advice. However, I am a 58-year-old person who has lived a life, who has known hundreds of people, who's had multiple types of jobs and careers, who has been to multiple continents and cities and has a lot of experiences. And so I think that the things that I speak of, I'm not just, I didn't make up the thing about animal copulation. I learned about it from going to the zoos and things and reading the things in front of the cage. 90% of animal copulation, animal reproduction on planet Earth is done through force, is not consensual. And so I do think that humans should consent. And I do think that men should temper their assertion along with women's negation. But I also think we need to look at levels and see what I think we need to compare ourselves to the rest of nature, okay? Because somehow, I think somehow, and this comes definitely from liberals, is people think somehow we're so vastly different. Read your Bible. It says, from dust you came, okay? From the dust of earth was made Adam. So don't tell me that we're not part of earth, okay? So... That, I just wanted to get that out because it was something I was thinking about it yesterday. It was very strongly on my mind. And um, you know, it's not the kind of thing you can have like an open conversation about, but you can put it out on a podcast where nobody can debate you. But I, I challenge anyone to come up with a species that doesn't have, uh, that does not copulate under assertive. I mean, watch ducks. Watch how ducks copy. I mean, you 
it is unpleasant. Okay. So anyways, um, wanted to talk about that. I wanted to also talk about, um, you know, there's been some interesting develops developments in the world of election fraud. I mean, they're practically admitting it. The people who committed the fraud, it, the problem with the way that the election fraud cases have been handled is that everybody focuses on it. Was it the machines? Or was it the mail-in ballots? Or was it the this? Or was it the that? The problem is, is that it was a comprehensive effort. It was a comprehensive effort of items that occurred before the elections in as far as tampering with election laws, changing rules, things like that. And it was also... An, you are listening to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show on Podbean. A propaganda effort that went on for several years prior to the election. And then there was tampering. There was foreign tampering. There was local tampering. There was tampering, tampering, tampering. And, you know, then we had the judges not wanting to touch it. But we just had a case out of Pennsylvania. And I'm not 100% familiar with it, but I know that the basic gist is that the judges, the appellate court judges found that the way that the election laws were changed and allowing for the mail-in balloting in Pennsylvania prior to the election was not done according to the Constitution. And now the way that they were able to get the case heard, this is what's interesting about it, and I have my own theory. The way that they were able to get the case heard is because they were not claiming retroactive damages. Because the problem with the other court cases, supposedly one of or some of, was that the judges did not want to get involved in something where the remedy was overturning the election. So in this case, they brought it to the judge and they said, we don't seek remedy of overturning the election. We just want a finding of whether this was legal or not legal. So the judge found that this these events were not legal. They were not according to the Constitution. So now that finding, although it does not give remedy, it does, in my opinion, I'm not a legal expert. It leaves the door open because if it was illegal at the time that it occurred, and even if we're not getting remedy and the remedy sought, doesn't that still leave us open for lawsuits and other remedies elsewhere? I mean, does that now that we have a finding that this occurred, now are we not open to lawsuits bringing forth challenges of uh, for a remedy? I'm not sure. But I'm having a feeling that this is the beginning of a very tumultuous, uh, what's going to turn out to be a very tumultuous, contentious battle. And um, I have some theories of my own, but I, I would like you guys to look out for signs. And I, here's what I'm predicting. I've been predicting this for some time now, and I think it's going to happen now. The Democrats, they can't lose these elections and they can't win them because they can't do it without cheating. And they've got it now where they can't cheat. And I don't think they want to get... Once, once, once somebody has shown you that they're willing to cheat on a massive, commit crime, cheating in an election is a crime. It's not just a federal crime. It's a, it's a huge... I don't even know the level of crime that it is. It's so big. And so... If somebody is willing to commit that level of crime 
And then look at the crimes that they've committed since that crime. Like that was the tip of the iceberg. They're literally dismantling a country. And they know that they can't win an election. Don't you think they're going to do whatever they can to not have an election? There are mechanisms in place for martial law. And if they call martial law prior to the election and they do it quick enough, if they do it too soon, then there can be challenges to it. So it's going to come late, like in October. But I want you to look for signs. And those signs might be over building up tensions in the, in the uh, Ukraine. And if there's a, something breaks out, we might have to protect our citizens with martial law. Or there might be another COVID outbreak. We might need to protect our... Here, let me go back up to this. Anytime the government says we need to protect the citizens, that is a warning sign. The government... Hey, this is the truth. You'll hear this on the news. Oh, the government's most important job is to protect the citizens. The most important thing to protect... The, this is nothing to do with government. The government's most important job is to protect the Constitution, which protects the citizens by giving them the right to protect themselves. So anytime you hear the government's job is to protect the citizens, to keep you safe, this is the trap that communists and socialists and fascists and people that like control, they use words like keep you safe. Because the only way to keep you safe is to restrict you from doing anything. Think about it. Think about one activity that you can do that is 100% safe. Think of one. Think of one. I can't think of one. I'm Dave Fremlin, and you are listening to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show. And so if the government's job is to keep you safe, then they're going to keep you from doing anything. Eating is not safe, 100%. You could eat something, it could be rotten, it could kill you. You could choke on a chicken bone, it could, it could die. Drinking water. People drown drinking bottled water. It does happen. Look it up. Drinking water is not 100% safe. Okay? Walking across the street. Waking up. If you wake up, you could die. If you sleep, you could die in your sleep. If you take a shower, you could slip and fall. If you, uh, there's so many ways to die on earth. And the way that they want to protect you and keep you safe, it can't happen. And when the government says our job is to keep you safe, your job is to resist that and say, no, it is not. Your job is to protect the Constitution and defend the Constitution. And the Constitution keeps me safe by giving me freedoms to keep myself safe. And that is what the answer should always be. And so, um, I really, really, really wanted to make these points today. It's been a while since I had a podcast. You'd think I'd have more to say. Um, but I just, those are really important points to me. And lastly, I don't have a lot more to say, but I do want to say that I have been still going to Disney World, not every day, probably three to four days a week, uh, as many days as I can. I still find it very therapeutic. You know, part of my thing was I wanted to make my past pay for itself. But ultimately, 
there is some very therapeutic qualities to spending a lot of time at Disney World. And I think I'm just going to keep going until it doesn't work anymore. And, um, you know, I have not had any negative feedback from any type of a therapist or counselor or anything like that about it. And what I've actually heard is, is it's the type of thing you're supposed to do when you're feeling bad or feeling like need of something changes. You're supposed to do things like go to Disney World. And so I've been doing that and it has been helping. I, I have my theory is that when you go on a roller coaster or a ride or something that move the, the, the attractions that are there, I believe that there is a component to roller coasters and to fast moving rides or any rides really that stimulate a part of your brain that it's the same as when you're going in your car and you almost hit the car in front of you, then you don't. And then you're like a few minutes later, you're, wow, I could almost, you know, it's that same feeling. Okay, but it's, it's, in the, it's in the context of something exciting and fun. And so I think that there's a certain component that actual chemical releases are happening in the brain. And I also think that the surrounding of an environment that is completely fantastic as in being fantasy, not fantastic as whatever. Um, I think that there's a component to that that stimulates that part of the brain that needs that. And I think that the combination of being around people that are having fun and the smells and the familiarity and the, the, the music, I mean, it's not like the people that run theme parks don't know the psychology and the physicality, but it's, this is a science, you know. I know people that design amusement park rides and they take into account, you know, how much adrenaline is this going to really, like, they want you to feel good in the park. And so um, I do think that there are physiological and psychological components to being in an amusement park, in, at Disney World specifically, that are, you know, antithetical to depression. And so I, I've been going, I'm having, I could go on the Haunted Mansion over and over again and still be excited by it. And um, so I just want to put that out there. You know, if you're suffering from depression and you don't know what to do, do something because anything will help, really. And, you know, you might not think it's helping at the time, but sitting around and being depressed does not help. Doing something, I don't care what it is, other than jumping off a bridge or doing drugs, you know, doing something, your brain is going, wow, I'm doing something. And you might not feel it. It might not be enough in that moment to stimulate the thing you need stimulated. But that brain, it's going, oh, I'm doing something. I'm doing something about it. I'm doing something about it. And then it might take a cumulative effect. It might take many, many attempts. But the, th the idea of do something, because just the doing of something changes the course of the brain's process and this is a short podcast but i'm going to leave it at that and thank you very much for listening i hope you have a great day bye bye the opinions expressed in the dave fremlin show are strictly opinions i am not an expert the dave fremlin show is written directed and produced by dave fremlin and is a dave fremlin production Thank you for listening.